You're listening to Tiny Home Tours, a podcast that celebrates all things tiny living. We're your hosts, Allison, Chris, and Loren. Join us as we sit down with nomads and tiny home dwellers to discover why they went tiny, the lessons they've learned, and inspire you to take the leap. If you've ever been curious about creating a more intentional lifestyle, living minimally, working from anywhere, or trying to live more with less, the Tiny Living Course is for you. The team at Tiny Home Tours has filmed more than 500 unique tiny spaces. We've traveled and worked in camper vans, converted school buses, RVs, Airstreams, traditional tiny homes, pop-up campers, and more. We've taken all of that knowledge and created a course that will take you from traditional to tiny in no time. Kickstart your tiny living dream through more than 60 high quality video lessons, downloadable workbooks filled with exercises, live Q&A sessions with the course instructors, and 24-7 access to a private community of people just like you. Enroll today at tinyhometours.com or at the link provided in the show notes. Hey, I'm Jessica from the Painted Buffalo, and I travel full-time with two kids, two dogs, a cat, and a couple leopard geckos, and this is year four of full-time travel, and we've done 66,000 miles on the open road, 37 states, and 27 national parks, and we've now become a veteran in the <laughs> the bus life uh, crazy world, so it's a fun adventure, and we're excited to keep going. So you said four years on the road. Uh, have you seen the lifestyle? Have you seen the overall idea of what a nomad is change in the four years? Have you seen a big shift or how, how is that working for you? Yeah, in the beginning, you know, you kind of pick what I would consider like famous people in the bus life community. And then over the years that you are in it, then you become like the senior person. And then there's new kids that are coming in. And that's a fun, you know, it's kind of like high school without all the drama and the craziness, you know? So now I'm a senior and all these new kids are coming in. And I'm like, I never thought I would, you know, become one of those people, you know, like when I was building my bus it was like navigation nowhere and number one bus and you know those type of accounts and and you know they're still like the people I go to for like questions and that kind of stuff but they've definitely like came off of YouTube and Instagram and became like real life friends which is I think one of the most amazing parts of the community is making social media people and connections that way into real lifelong friends. So it's cool to see, you know, everybody growing and um, working together and, you know, supporting each other out on the road in the good times and the bad and all of that. Absolutely. So I kind of want to center in on that, you know, freshman to high schooler analogy. There's a lot of people considering this, uh, the fear of being alone on the road, not really knowing anybody weighs fairly heavy on them. So back to your freshman year in this analogy, was it difficult for you to make friends, meet people? Because I actually think that's a very intriguing analogy because you're coming into a new world. You're the young one. You see people that might be the sophomores or juniors or the seniors up there. Was yeah. it like just like an open community to where you thought it was like that, but everybody was actually very inclusive and very open? Or did you actually find that tier system when you first got on the road? I think 
I mean, obviously in any community, there's a rotten egg, but um, for my experience, it has just been openness. And no matter if they have a thousand followers or if they have 130,000 followers, it's all like, if you send a message, Hey, how did you do this? Or where did you get that? Or whatever. When I was first in the world and building those people were the people that, you know, I have this and it kind of sucks. You should get this. And that's how the community is able to grow and inventions are being, you know, created in this nomadic community or, you know, um, supplies and the, you know, just technology and stuff is growing is because our community is so willing to engage and help everybody out. Because I always say, you know, like, if someone's asking me a question, I want them to have a good experience. I don't want them to leave the community early. You know, the first six months or maybe even a year is sometimes like really shitty. And there's a lot and you're learning a lot about yourself, a lot about the community, about your rig and everything. And, and it made it a lot easier of a transition because the community was so open and honest and willing to help when I had, you know, questions and no question was, too dumb or no question was like, just Google it. You know, that wasn't my experience, which over time that has been a thing that I hear a lot of people say. And, you know, I understand, you know, like to me, that might sound like a no brainer question, but when you're brand new in the community, that, that isn't a no brainer question. It's like legit, like, how do you do that? Some things are in the community are just not, you can't Google, you know what I mean? Like, Right. How did the or you can search and watch every YouTube video, but a lot of people are not editing the how-to videos step by step by micromanage step. You know, especially if you you know those things, you aren't aware that that might not be something someone didn't know. You know what I mean? So all of those you know questions that you ask are you know definitely how I've maintained and been able to elevate you know, my second bus is way more bougie than the first bus because I had no idea what I was doing. But I also gained the confidence to be able to be like, I couldn't do that in the first bus and I don't know how to do it, but I have the wherewithal to be able to do that in the second bus. So there's definitely growing individually, but also as, as a community for sure. Yeah, so I definitely want to get to the growing aspect of things and growing confidence, but Continuing with the original question, so you mentioned how the communities, um, you know, showed up for you online, but what about in person, going to events, meeting people on the road? How how did that play out for you? Did you go to different events or did you just, you know, naturally meet other nomads? Was it difficult to meet other people on the road that was like-minded or people that you would call friends? Like, how did that work out for you? Yeah, I think it's a... Um, a combination of all of those things. When I was building the first bus, I was so burnt out. So I went to a tiny house festival and got like re-inspired. And, you know, I would say, oh, I'm building a bus. And they instantly like, okay, you're our people. This is what you need to know. You know, like they, you know, wanted to mentor and, you know, be like, you know, a, a connection into the community. And then Instagram, you know, meeting people, you know, through the app and, you know, um, you know, you eventually can kind of pick up on 
their pictures and kind of figure out the route that they're heading. And if you happen to be going on the same route, send a message and be like, hey, are you happening to be ending up in this town or this place? Or do you have any, you know, spots you would recommend, you know, that aren't on all the apps that, you know, we all kind of share and, you know, network through. And, and then eventually when from Instagram and those kind of conversations, then it's into the meeting of the actual people. But when you're traveling, um, you know, if you're not as social or kind of introvert or whatever, you have to, you know, break that like fourth wall, you know what I mean? And be able to be like, Hey, I live in a bus. I see you live in a bus too. That's awesome. And some people are like, you know, no, thank you. But majority of the time it's like, Hey, you know, like nice to meet you. And then you connect on Instagram and, and do the reverse, you know, meetups and stuff like that. But, um, you know, online and in person. And there's plenty, like I just showed up at Cracker Barrel last night here in Albuquerque and there was four other buses, you know, and that's, that's rare. You know, I was here with Arbor Season and some van folks we know, and there just so happened to be two other buses in the parking lot. And you're like, how did this happen? You know, not normal to meet up with all these buses, but then we connected, shared Instagrams, and now we're back on, you know, our adventure. So it happens many different ways. You have to let it happen fluid, you know, naturally and authentic. But um, you also have to be willing to just walk up to a random stranger and be like, hey, I also live in a bus. And as soon as you say that, you know, that like weird awkwardness, but you have to like be able to, you know, step forward that way. And it's the same, you know, I'm a veteran. And I meet a lot of nomadic veterans on the road. And, you know, as soon as you say I'm a veteran, it's like, all right, we're best friends for life. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you when it's in that community, if you say I also made the leap into bus life or nomad life or whatever um, your experience is, that's just an instant connection. Yeah, because you, you basically have the foundations of the same mindset. Like not only did you take a leap to be a nomad, you decided to build a school bus, which is just a completely different subsect of the nomad lifestyle so it's like you start out with 50 percent of the conversation already said like there, there's you don't right. know yeah dozen trees you're already started that further up um exactly. in in terms of what we were talking about kind of alluded, you alluded to earlier in terms of the confidence that you've learned through the bus build and i've experienced this too so i'm, I'm curious what your thought process is it's you know, for, for me, there's, there was times during the build for sure, but when it started getting close to done and just kind of, I would just stop and stare and just remember every single hardship, <laughs> yeah. yeah, every single board, every single last second move, every component that cost more than I thought, like, but it, it wasn't like a negative feeling. It was like, okay, we got that figured out. We got that figured out, did this, did that. And it was like a very very warming feeling, you know, that, that gut, that gut instinct you get, you know, it's like a very positive emotion. Um, did, did you feel as though that you went into the build as one person and came out the other, or was it more of like, it was a challenge that you needed to overcome and you're glad you did it. Like what, what was that process like and how did that transform you? Yeah. I don't know if you know any, I mean, I'm pretty open about it on social media. My background, I came from the Marine Corps. I was medically retired. I was mentally ill, physically broken. I had a traumatic brain injury. I was 
very sick, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything. And I went to art school after the Marine Corps. Um, and in that art school experiences where I detoxed, I got sober, I worked a lot on my emotional health and all of that kind of stuff. And in that chaos, I bought a school bus and that was my way of healing. You know, I was angry and mean and mad and, you know, like all of the, you know, aggressor military veteran that you, you know, normally see in men, but, you know, I was in all of those same experiences. So I had them as well. And in the bus was able to strip raw, you know, like in the Marine Corps, you, I had that special superhero cloak. I'm a Marine. You can't, you know, mess with me. And then I ended up in the bus community and I literally knew absolutely nothing. And so I was back to like the subordinate, you know, and, and that was humbling experience, but with my background of the military and all of those kinds of things, I knew that it was going to be a challenge, but I'm stubborn and it's not going to win. <laughs> I'm going to figure out how to do it. You know, those kinds of things. So just, you know, having confidence in yourself, I didn't know how to do the thing. I watched a few YouTube videos connected with a few people online and was able to accomplish that. You know what I mean? And then like you were describing, when I was looking around at this home that I built, I'm like, yeah, I did that. But in the beginning, I was like, how am I going to do that? But if you just, you know, take it project by project and day by day, it's overwhelming when you think about building the entire home. But if you're, you know, one little project at a time, you know, you can kind of break it up and kind of compartmentalize it. It's a lot easier that way than thinking of the overall build as a whole, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I always tell people if you're going to build a bus, well, it's two main things. It's going to cost more than you anticipate. It's going to take longer. And mm -hmm. number two is uh, it's, it's like climbing a mountain that grows 5,000 feet every day. Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta just slug through a lot of it, but you know, once, once you get the routine, once you just get the mental side of it out, it's like, okay, this is going to take a long time. It's going to be hard. There's going to be times where I feel like I'm the smartest person in the world doing this. There's going to be sure. times where I feel like the dumbest person for trying to do this, but if you just <laughs> keep going, if you just keep climbing, you're, you're good to go. So in terms of, uh, you know, four, four years on the road is a long time. Like I'm sure you saw when COVID hit, like the amount of people that hit the road. That's when I pretty much left like full time. I drove around the country was that year. Yeah. Right. That is, is very interesting catalyst for a lot of people. Um, but what has been some of the most eye-opening experiences or some of the times to where, you know, the, the road kind of made you slow down. And this is the example that I use. Like the one, one of the reasons I love this lifestyle is there's, plenty of times to where I'm doing something. I'm just on autopilot, not really thinking about it, but I'm yeah. either in a spot or I'm working on my computer and there's like this beautiful landscape out there where I just take a step back and the fast forward goes to slow motion to where I'm like present. That's an example for me that I love on the road. Is there anything like that for you on the road? Has there been any, and again, it doesn't have to be rainbows and unicorns. doesn't have to be the worst <laughs> stories like, Oh, I can't believe I yeah. did this. But just anything that comes to mind that the road has served you doing this lifestyle has served you um, that you can think of. Absolutely. Like, you know, when you're building your first rig or whatever, people are like, 
you know, where do you want to go? And for me, it was wherever the bison roam. That was like my dream. And it seemed so far away and such a like hefty goal. And then I get, you know, you go through Oklahoma and every once in a while, you'll see like a road stop shop with a bison or whatever the thing is. And then, you know, Yellowstone just is there. And it's like, I can't, like, I was literally on top of the bus, like, tearing up and my kids are like because that's not how I am they're like what is wrong with you you know what I mean and I'm like I know you don't understand it right now but as soon as you're in your own dreams and accomplishing your dreams you will know this feeling that I'm feeling is I came from literally ashes the rock bottom like almost dead and I am now here in the bison mecca and, you know, all of the blood, sweat and tears and just like the hardships I personally went to, through, physically went through, emotionally went through and disconnecting myself from, you know, the previous life of Marine and who am I without the Marine Corps? That was like a legit like question in my mind, like, who am I? Because all I have been is a Marine and you know, when I got to Yellowstone and was the first herd that passed in front of the bus and I was like, I fucking made it. Okay, I am safe. I am in this, like this, you know, all this doubt that I had in myself and being able to get there, you know, surpassed. And then, you know, you create a new goal, like Alaska for the last few years. I'm like, I want to go to Alaska. And everybody's like, that's freaking insane. You're in a 40 foot bus, you know, only vans go up there, all of these things. And I'm like, I'm going to get up there. Like, and that's right now. Like I'm literally like for the last year, I've been planning to go to Alaska. And now I'm like a week away of leaving for that journey. You know, like I stopped in New Mexico, helping some friends out doing the thing. We, all our things have lined up and we're, you know, now on this epic journey. And it's the same feeling I had when I left, you know, on August 1st, 2019, like one day, maybe I'll make it to the bison and I did. And so now this new hefty goal, but if you set a goal and it's not unrealistic, but challenging and you make it, that just gives you even more confidence to make your dreams and your goals a little bigger and then a little bigger. And and that's, you know, that thing that they don't talk about on the road is just the like personal growth and the confidence and the, you know, stuff that happens that you're not even realizing it until you think about who you were a few years ago. And you're like, fuck, I have changed. I have grown. I've become this person that I wanted to shed all the, you know, the ego and the, you know, like all of that stuff. And you're like, man, this is awesome. Absolutely. So one of my favorite books, um, Ryan Holiday, Ego's the Enemy. I've read that three times. Love that book. <laughs> a, a couple a couple more housekeeping things here, just for those listening to this in the future or whenever. It's May 26th right now. Fuel in the United States is incredibly expensive. Yeah. Gas in Canada, uh, diesel in Canada is incredibly expensive. And you're still going. You have the goal. You're saying, it. I'm getting it done. 
which is a point to make. A lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you have a spare alternator, a spare sitting unit. You have everything in your bus that you need because trying to get yeah. in Canada is a pain, which I'm sure you, you're already doing. Um, but the, the question I had, and you alluded to it, you're getting ready for Alaska, but I kind of want to, you know, dive into a particular moment. You mentioned that you were tearing up seeing the Buffalo. They went past. What was the self-talk after the Buffalo passed? They're out of sight. You're done tearing up. You get back in the bus. You mentioned that you had the next goal in mind, but I'm curious what your your mental process was like from them. Was it was it like, okay, now that I get, got this, now we're clean slate. I can go anywhere I want. I have the bus. Or was it more of like, okay, now who am I? Or was it a combination? Like what, what did that actually look like for you? It definitely was a combination. And I am built like, I just want the next best thing. I want the next goal. I want the thing, you know, like Yellowstone was a big goal. And then doing this was a big goal, whatever. And it's taken me, you know, all these years to be like me sitting in Albuquerque for two weeks Mm -hmm. is like, not for me. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to go, go, go. I have been able now to like, I get anxious when I'm sitting still. That's why bus life is great for me, like with the military and just traveling all the time, just natural. So I'm in the go, go, go where I'm trying my new thing for 2022 is to be able to be feel safe and comfortable in the uncomfortable and be able to sit still and just simple moments, find joy in those things where over the last few years, I was so go, go, go. I have all these dreams and I only have a certain amount of time and blah, blah, blah to do all the things. And now I've done all the things I've wanted to do. And now I'm like, okay, you can sit still, you can stay, you know, for a few weeks in a spot where, you know, for us was only a couple of days in a spot and then on to the next It's a little different because I have co-parenting stuff and my schedules are a little different, that kind of stuff. So, you know, in the six months I have the kids, we have to do all the things, you know, and then summer break is here. So then I have to do all of these things, you know, it's kind of scheduled like that, but being able to just sit still and be okay and explore all aspects of a town instead of just the one thing that I heard about that would be cool to see now I have the ability to just stay in a place and explore all of the stuff and then move to the next place where I didn't realize that was or even allowed myself the arm to be able to do that. And now I'm, that's my goal is to be able to stay in a place for a little longer to soak in all of the experience at once. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I, I also, struggle with that like right right now you can see i'm actually in a mini bus i'm not in my 40 foot bus where my 40 yeah. foot bus is built specifically to be in one spot for a month enough water right. enough food i have a tow car that i can go bounce around do whatever i'm, I'm good to go where this little guy it's more of a running gun be in a spot mm. for two two days bounce around but i i used to struggle with the same thing but i've found that the staying in one spot for longer work better for me, but it is that consistent idea. Like something I think about before I go to bed every day is if I'm lucky enough to be the average age, I have 27,000 days in life. Did I yeah. make this one day worth it? 
I think about that all the time and it's, it's goes right in the face of trying to stay in one spot and enjoy it and trying to find that balance. But this, this particular lifestyle, it's, it's more of a classroom in that regard to where you learn what actually works for you and you're able to test and you're able to actually see what it looks like and how it feels internally. And that's, you know, I, I feel like it was a blessing that I had the option to really figure that out and try it out and see what works best for me. Um, want to be conscious of your time here and we might have to do a round two if you're interested sometime on the, uh, the co-parenting, because I don't have any experience with that, but I do get asked that a decent amount. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of just winging it, but the problem with giving advice with the co-parenting stuff is everybody's scenario is different, you know? And I have two children. This is where I'm kind of like in the middle is I have two children. They have two dads in two ways of co-parenting. One is very flow, natural, whatever. And one is a little more on the difficult side. So, so regulating that. And, you know, some people ask, well, how did your, you know, ex-husband let you leave? And I'm like, because he's not my master. I like, I'm the mom, like, that's just, but I know sometimes that and depending on how your divorce play down or how co-parenting plays down or court stuff, what state it is all plays a role. So I can give generic advice, but unfortunately it's very different for every single solo mama or dad or whatever your you know, nucleus is, it's, it's hard to give advice. I can only, you know, listen when you vent and have you thought about this or have you asked the questions this way, or have you done that? But ultimately it's a, it's a hard thing to coach through because it's so different. And each individual kid is different. Every opposite co-parent is different. So it's hard, but there's a lot of us out there. So that's really what we, you know, it's me and Wabi Sabi and a few, you know, uh, other buses out there that are solo moms with a few kids. And, you know, we, she and I are good friends and we bonded over the solo mom full-size bus thing. So, and she has different experiences co-parenting than I do and those kinds of things. So it's definitely, you have a place in the community as a solo mom. And even if you're struggling or having a hard time, we tend to community-based, you know, parents, you know, so when her kids are at my house, they know Rambo's rules are this. And when Liam is at Wabi Sabi's house, they know the rules there, you know, like that co-parenting within the community is really awesome and cool. And, you know, like that old homage, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. We've definitely taken that to heart in the, no matter if you have two parents in the bus or just one or a couple of kids or no kids, you know, you're able to community raise your kids, which is to me life altering for my children. Cause not a lot of kids get to experience the things that they do. And that to me was more important than my ex-husband's ego. Like the, the way my child ends up is more important than his hurt feelings. And unfortunately, you know, I get hurt feelings with the co-parenting thing and he does. And, but my children's lives and the humans that I am about to set into the world when they turn 18 is more important than his and I's bullshit. 
you know, yeah. and I had to keep that at the forefront. I know there's some issues or like what well, you stole your kid from him, blah, blah, whatever the thing is. But when you dive deep, that didn't happen. Might look like it, but my son and his ability and and learning and education and community was more important than all of that stuff. And I made the executive decision and I stand firm on it, but I'm fair about, you know, what is in the best interest of them. And that's as a mom or a parent or the solo parent in the, the thing, that is your job. And, you know, I take that job as a mother and educating my children properly because I'm releasing them into the world and I don't want as whole people into the world. You know, there's enough. I don't want to create even more. And so that was my job and I take it very seriously. And I had to let go of the what other people thought about me as a mother or our, you know, relationship with their fathers or whatever was not as important as what I knew deep in my gut was right for my children. Absolutely. I mean, I always scary leap, but that that's what you got to do. Absolutely. I mean, what I was going to say is if I ever have kids, which, you know, plan is one day to have kids, I would absolutely love to raise them on the road. The education that kids get on the road, like the example always given these podcasts is a family will go to Zion, learn about the geology there and then spend the day in the park actually seeing the geology of Zion. And that's just across the board everywhere. Um, so we'll definitely have just human connection and different. Like I raise my children different than that bus raises their children different than their religious or their cultural backgrounds or whatever. And when you're in your hometown or whatever the thing is, you are only seeing those people. And when you get outside of that bubble, that's where the learning is occurring. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, just even how to operate with different people and understanding different people and appreciating different people, old, young people of different backgrounds, different thoughts, different houses that are all over on the road. They're different stories. Like it's it's definitely an educational experience, I think, that can't really be replicated in many different ways. Um, So I was going to say we definitely need to have a follow up podcast after Alaska, because I'd love to hear your experience, where you went, what the journey was like. Um, cause I haven't been up there in like three or four years now and I'm missing it and I miss that drive. I know. Well, Come on, let's go. <laughs> let me ask you this. Are you doing the Alcan or the, uh, the Cassiar? Uh, I also am just a free bird and I'm just winging it, but we're, I'm planning on going up through Seattle, going to Banff and then kind of cutting over and then to Anchorage but there's a few events up there with veteran stuff. That's why I'm a little not solid on my plans when people ask is because I like to be a little bit flexible, especially with my nonprofit stuff. If a veteran is like, Hey, you're kind of close to me or this many miles or hours away or whatever. I want to be able to have the ability to just go to them and do my nonprofit work with art and all that kind of stuff. And then like, you know, I'm working with Battleborn and they have an event going on in Alaska when I'm up there. So I obviously want to like meet up with my people and do that kind of stuff. So I have, you know, my route, but I, and this has been my thing all of the years. I don't have it in stone. I'm very flexible, sometimes a little too flexible Mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm just able to like go with the wind. I'm like, that sounds cool. I'm, I'm coming, 
You know what I mean? Oh, but I'm, you have I'm to let go a little bit of control to be able to do that. And, and that takes a little while. And it's scary to be that open and free bird. But when it happens, you know, there a lot of amazing opportunities happen. So that's where I'm at. I have my kind of path where I'm going, but it's very like lightly penciled in. <laughs> so but for sure. The reason why I asked is typically on the way up, we do one way down, do the other. If you, if like, if oh, you have cool. to take the, the route through Smithers, it's like Prince George. You can either go North to Dawson Creek, I believe, or you can go West through Smithers. If you do the Cassiar, it's definitely a lot more remote. That's, that's the thing to yeah. keep up for where if you break down, down there, it's a little bit more tricky, but like Usually said, in my philosophy, if I break down, I live there now. So like, <laughs> welcome home. <laughs> I'd be a Canadian for a year or two. Forever. I know. Yeah. They're, they're super nice people. I, I, like I said, I absolutely miss that drive. Like you would not believe it, it is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, last question for you. Um, this is one that I, that I like. I ask a lot of people, um, like, like I said, before we started, um, a lot of people that are listening to this are they're interested in the lifestyle, but, uh, for whatever reason, they haven't quite made the leap to make it happen. And these aren't people that, you know, are caregivers or their kids are in school where they want to keep them in school for a while. These are people that are, they're available to do it. If you had any piece of advice, any lessons learned, anything that you would say to them, and again, it doesn't have to be rainbows and unicorns, it can be more of an objective view of the reality of life on the road or lessons you've learned. What would you say to them? What advice would you give to them? For me, I knew that if I didn't do it, I would more regret that decision than if I did it and I failed. The worst thing that could happen is you do it you learn and then you go back to the life that you had left, but you can't, that can't happen unless you take that leap of faith. And thankfully the bus life community, that leap of faith, you're leaping into a community. You know what I mean? Like we're not going to let you fail. And, you know, we want to keep people in the lifestyle and it growing and all of those kinds of things. So, you know, if you fail, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person that's ever happened. That's not true. All of us have experienced all the bad, all of the good, all the middle, you know, monotony of how that works. So if you're like, man, this really sucks. This is happening. You're going to have a tenfold of people being like, yeah, that sucks. This is how we got through it. And, you know, just living you know, community like that is, you know, there's no way you can fail because we won't let you, you know what I mean? That's, you know, and if you're like, oh, I did a year, you know, and set a goal, you know, like for us, it was one year. Like my kid was like, I am not living in a school bus. I'm like, dude, let's just a year, like, come on. And now we're on year four. And he's like, uh, a, a real house? Like, absolutely not. You know what I mean? So even I see it in my own children, like that change, which is really amazing. So you're going to have shitty experiences. Things are going to break things or whatever, but all of those are, you know, just minuscule compared to the adventure and the fun and the connection that you're, 
in your own family, whoever's in your rig and the outside, there's, there's no way of replicating that outside of just doing it. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite sayings is people will regret the things they don't do, not the things that they do. And you, you can never go back if you're, you know, older, not able, not as mobile, not able to do it. You can never go back and try it again. It's done. It's over. But you can always go back to the life you had before if it fails. Absolutely. But as soon as you go back, you're going to realize even in that, you know, if it's a short stint or a long stint, you changed for the better. No matter (laughs) if you do six months or six years, something in you will change. And that's probably what you were looking for. And the universe was like, that's what you're looking for. Here it is. And you have to give faith that that's going to happen, you know, and then things that you don't even realize that happen, happen. And you're like, oh, shit, that was kind of cool. You know, I absolutely agree. The regret is only on the not making the leap. It's never going to be on the taking the leap for sure. I absolutely agree. Um, Well, again, I want to be conscious of your time. And uh, if people were wanting to reach out to you, if they have any questions about how you're prepping for Alaska, the co-parenting and how you built your bus or anything like that, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? And for those watching and listening, everything will be in the show notes that she mentions here. Absolutely. So pretty much anywhere you can find people nowadays, Instagram, TikTok, websites, is all the Painted Buffalo or Painted Buffalo Traveling Studio. That And uh, PaintedBuffaloStudio.com is my website. talks about the veteran nonprofit stuff and, you know, our builds and all the processes and our roadmaps and all of that kind of stuff are on there as well. So the Painted Buffalo is where you can find us pretty much anywhere. Awesome. Well, I'm very serious about that that secondary podcast in the fall. I really do want to hear about how it goes for you and what your thoughts were. And yeah, you're, yeah, you're absolutely. Be, uh, I'm excited and nervous and anxious, but it's going to be rocking. I'm so excited. That's how you know it's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank, All right, you, for your time. thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. This episode has been a tiny home tours production. If you're a fan, please rate and review us wherever you listen, share with your friends, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.